Hi, and welcome to the I've Got This Owning My Epilepsy podcast series. My name's Rosie, and I'm here with Professor Ingrid Sheffer. Today's episode is called No More Cotton Wool, where we'll explore what it's like moving from the paediatric to adult health service. My name's Rosie, I'm 22 and I'm from Melbourne. I was diagnosed with epilepsy 10 years ago and have absent seizures. My name's Professor Ingrid Schaeffer. I'm an epilepsy specialist. I'm a paediatric and adult epileptologist, which means I'm a specialist neurologist who works almost entirely in epilepsy. There are lots of challenges in growing up. Rosie, tell us about what you remember about changing from paediatric services at the children's hospital to adult health care. What was challenging? What was hard? What was easy? Yeah, it was a bit of a shock moving from the children to the adult. You know, I went from being one of the oldest kids in the waiting room, you know, there were babies and toddlers around me to being the youngest and, you know, at a different hospital somewhere that I hadn't been before. Um, so it was a little bit a sh- little bit of a shock. And I also was seeing a new neurologist. So I was probably a bit nervous um, for my first appointment because I had such a great relationship with my paediatric neurologists and I wanted the same for my adult neurologists. So yeah, I was definitely probably a bit nervous for the first appointment, but because uh, I think you just don't know, you don't know what to expect. Um, and yeah, going from the children's where it's very like, you know, kind of fun and different and then you're in a different building and it's a bit more serious, but it gave me a sense of independence because I was, you know, getting to this new hospital by myself or I wasn't I think my parents came with me the first time to meet the neurologist and make sure I got there. But um, it was something that was then sort of up to me and they didn't really come with me, partly because I didn't really want them to come with me, but they also just didn't really need to because, yeah, it was different to what it was like before. Um, But, yeah, that was sort of what I remember from from changing from children's to the adult service. So going from colourful to clinical, really. Yes, definitely. What about, what would you tell your younger self to do differently? You know, what did you learn through it? I would say that it's still important or it's okay to have your parents involved. Um, I I mean, I have a sister who comes with me um, to my appointments just so I don't forget to ask things. And, you know, I only see my doctor every year. So, you know, if I forget to ask something, you know, it's a while till I see him again. But, you know, you don't have to get rid of your support system completely you don't have to go by yourself and sort of take charge of it fully by yourself but yeah so if you have you know maybe you can if you have a family member that you want to come um they can still be there or you can still talk about it with your family so don't feel like you have to like cut them off completely once you go to the adult service. I couldn't agree more I think it's funny but I think a lot of young people think I've got to own this I can do this without mum and dad Mm. And I have to say, I, I hate it when I have an adult walk in without a, without a family member because they can't describe their own seizures. You need a witness, yeah. and the best eyewitness is often a parent or a sister, like your sister. And the other really great thing about what you said is if you take your sister along and you don't hear everything that's said, maybe you have a seizure even, then at least somebody else is listening a second pair of ears and you can go away and chat about it and say, is this what the doctor said or did I get that wrong? So I think it's a really 
wise way to, to come along with someone. Yeah. What other issues have you thought about in your epilepsy management that have come up as an adult? Um, a couple, well, because I've sort of begun to manage it more myself, I have made mistakes, uh, sometimes forgetting to refill my medication in time, um, a few times and, or actually maybe not getting the dosage right and then kind of having trouble, um, fixing that, but that kind of just comes with it and, you know, I think it's, for me, it was okay to slip up a couple of times, but if I could go back, I would maybe put some things in place. Yeah, I think they're great points and I think one of the biggest issues for young people is driving mm. and you can't afford to slip up with your medicine if you want to stay on the road. Mm. Um, and so I do think that transition of ownership of taking medicine of making sure you have enough medicine is a really important rite of passage into grown-up life. Mm -hmm. And um, I find that lots of adolescents are ready for that at different ages. So some people are ready for it at 15 and some might be 16, 17, 18. Usually before 15, they're not up for it because they just don't have the organisational skills. It's got mm -hmm. to do with the brain maturation. One of the biggest challenges in looking after adolescents and young adults is adherence, and that means remembering to take your medicine on time, as close to as possible. And so there are a number of strategies that I um, suggest when I work with uh, my young adults, and that is to use a doset if they're still at home with their parents. Often the parents might be uh, reminding them all the time and that can drive the adolescent and young adult mad. And so what I suggest is sort of a deal between the young adult and their parents. And I say, get a dose set, which is those pill boxes that you think of grannies having. And they have a row of um, morning and, and evening, Monday to Sunday. And I say, well, now the young adult has to own their epilepsy. And one of the things they can do about that is to keep the pill box full and then remember to take the medicine before the parent nags. And then we agree on a set time, say the young adult leaves the house by quarter to eight in the morning, the parent can't nag until half past seven. So the young adult controls the situation. If they take their medicine, no nags. And if they don't take their medicine, the parent's allowed to nag because otherwise the parent's incredibly anxious that they're their child will go out and have a seizure somewhere in the community and be at risk of hurting themselves. And it also helps the young adult to take full responsibility. I own my epilepsy. Yeah, definitely. I think I found that it was really important also to have a routine. So as soon as I was told, you know, you have to take um, medication in the morning, I would always take it in the morning or as soon as I woke up and it just became habit. And so that's really important because it can be easy sometimes to forget, you know, and if you've got things going on like sport before school or something like that, then yeah, you can forget to take it. But having routine or having um, a dose set, particularly if you have lots of medic, uh, lots of pills, which I did and many people do, um, I think it's really important to do even small things so you're organised and yeah, so you don't have your, your like mum and dad nagging you to do it um, and Yes, yeah, so I found routine also really important that I knew it was after dinner and in the morning and you just get into the habit. I think some of the things around that are 
having the pills somewhere you remember to have them, so buy mm. your toothbrush or buy your, where you have your meal. The other big help can be an alarm, and that can be an alarm tailored just to medication or just a regular alarm in your, in your mobile, and that can help you to remember. The other big issue, of course, is going out at night um, and being up late and being sleep deprived, and that can put you at much more greater risk of having a seizure. So it's good to always have it before you go out at night, make sure you do. And if that means it's an hour earlier or something, just to ensure you've had your medicine because you're going out a bit earlier, then do it or take it with you. Have some uh, of your tablets in your purse or your wallet. Yeah, I would always have that or even some like in the bottom of my school bag in case I like stayed at a friend's place or, you know, because you never know and it's always good to have it because it just adds a level of stress when you realise you don't have it and you don't know if you're going to get home, you know, at a different time. So it's always good just to have a backup. Great idea. Um, alleviate stress. Yeah. From, from your perspective, from um, when you are moving to the adult service and more of the admin side, because that was definitely something that I had nothing to do, you know, all the letters would go to my parents or they would kind of set up the appointments. What would you say, um, what advice would you give to young people who want to take control of that but don't have any experience in sort of knowing, like communicating with their neurologist or with the healthcare system? Because sometimes it can be difficult um, to navigate the system, but what would you... I agree completely. I think yeah. often the young person has not been watching at all what mum and dad have been doing and they've made the appointments and they've got the letters and they've filed it. So the first thing is I talk to your parents. Mm -hmm. They may have a file of you of medical records. Um, many doctors now will copy every letter to the parents. I do, but other doctors won't. So if your parents have a record, I would take a copy. I'd leave them with the original just in case you move house and you lose it. Mm -hmm. And then I'd have your own copies and then I'd start to read it and maybe look up a bit about it so I learned a bit more about it but I think it's really important to know that you can't know that early stuff you're a kid mm. and so you talk to your mum and your dad ask them what they remember ask them what had happened and try and get a deeper understanding and then in terms of making appointments again it's around owning your epilepsy make the appointments when you leave an appointment don't just hope they'll send it out yeah. the systems never work make your own appointment, put it in your diary, mm -hmm. check a month before it's still on, um, and then turn up and make sure you turn up. One of the problems is when you don't turn up, you get lost in the system, mm -hmm. never to be found again. And then you're, um, I'm joking, you can get found <laughs> again, but it, people don't. You've got, to, you've got to own it. Nobody else owns it. It's your disease. Yeah, it's up to you. It's to up to it. you, which is a yeah. scary thing, actually. I think yeah. that's the whole of growing up, though, isn't it? Yeah. Suddenly you've got to earn a living, you've got to live a life. It's all up to you. Yeah. I remember, actually, when I was 20, or a couple of years ago, maybe, actually, I, like, created this binder um, and I got, I tried to find everything from my mum that had, um, like, all stuff. the notes. Yeah, and had scripts and refills and notes from Vic Rhodes and all this type of stuff, and I just put it into this binder to make it easier to find. I still probably don't have everything, but it was easy because at least I can look through, and if I don't have it, then maybe she has it, or I can ask the doctor and be like, I didn't get that, can you send that? 
Um, cause it's just, it really collects over time and you don't realize how much paperwork there is until you see it. I think you're extraordinary. I think an awful <laughs> lot of young people don't even think about it. They just move out and go, yay, I'm out. And then they don't actually think about this issue. But tell us, did you ever run out of medicine? Yeah, a couple of times. Um, I mean, I was able to, I mean, my pharmacy knows me pretty well. So often they sort of gave me like an emergency one because they knew I needed it and it was coming in in the next day. But a couple of times I did underestimate that it's not always at the chemist. So I can't just rock up the morning of and say, oh, I need it you know, for tonight. Um, so I definitely realised that sometimes the hard way, but I was quite fortunate in that I sometimes was able to miss one and it didn't, it was sort of okay, but it definitely is not a good habit to get into. And I realised that you need to be more, I had to be more organised so that I didn't um, repeat that too much because it's not a good it's not a good habit to get into and it's just not there for you. You're right that you were very lucky with that because some people miss one tablet and they have a seizure. Mm. And you can imagine if you're driving and you miss one tablet and have a seizure, then you're off the road for six months. Mm. And if you miss it, do it multiple times, you might be off the road for two years depending on, on your type of epilepsy. So... You just can't afford to miss one. You need to have spares everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I sort of think it's good to keep a box ahead of yourself always. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe so you can catch our next episode, Healthy Mind, Happy Life, where Rosie and Ingrid discuss mental health and epilepsy. This podcast has been produced by Lateral Connections with support from AZI Australia. The information in this podcast is general in nature and not intended to replace the advice of healthcare professionals. Please see your healthcare professional for any specific advice.